All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Okay, welcome back to Intrepid Lifestyle. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, joined by my friend and colleague, Todd Snick. Good morning, Todd. I'm really looking forward to the conversation today around music and football. You know, Joe, it's not a combination of things we've talked about on the network before, so this should be a really interesting and intriguing conversation. I'm looking forward to it as well. I couldn't agree more. Well, let's get right to it. We're joined today by the founder and executive director of Music for Everyone, John Gertie. Today, John joining us to discuss his new book, Ball or Band. Welcome to the show, John. Great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for making the time to be with us. Before we get into our introductions around your book, take a few seconds and inform the audience about you and your background. Well, I think I'm pretty uniquely qualified to do a book like this. I consider myself a product of the elite sports system in America, and also I've been a lifelong musician. But I played basketball in high school, and I was an All-American and professional player. I played at Davidson College. And I'd always, you know, I'm the son of a high school football coach, so I essentially grew up in a football locker room. And, you know, I believed very strongly, and still do believe very strongly, in athletics as an educational tool, as a way to supplement the educational process. And in fact, I've devoted a good portion of my life to that. I got a master's degree in sports administration at Ohio University, a PhD in higher education. Always had dreams of being an athletic director. I spent three years as a legislative assistant at the NCAA, six years as associate commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. And I've written several books. This is actually my fifth book, but I've written several books on the role of sport in our culture and in our educational system. And, but again, I also mentioned that I was a lifelong musician and now founded and directed a nonprofit organization that our mission is to cultivate the power of music as an educational and community building tool. It's called Music for Everyone and people can find out more about it at musicforeveryone.net. But, you know, it's sort of some people ask why such a dramatic career change, like from, you know, college athletics to music advocacy and directing a music nonprofit. But to me, the jump is not a very large one because in both cases, I have always viewed and continue to view both athletics and music as educational tools, ways to supplement the educational process. And so, you know, the jump isn't very big for me. And there are a lot of similarities between the two. And by the same token, there are a lot of things that differentiate the two activities. And that's a lot of what this book is about. Tell us about the book, John. Ball or bands? Tell us maybe why you wrote it and at a high level what we'll learn from the book. Well, this is about educational funding and community priorities. We live in a world today where the standards and expectations for what constitutes an education worthy of the 21st century are rising dramatically. You know, people are expecting more from our schools. People are expecting them to provide our kids a much better education and one that's really more suitable for the future. 
And But the problem is these standards and expectations are rising in an environment of declining resources. And that being the case, just like any business, we have to evaluate each and every aspect and component of the educational system to determine if it is effectively meeting its objectives. You know, we sponsor these activities based on a set of assumptions that, you know, that they're going to fulfill. And in this environment, we continually have to ask, you know, are these activities fulfilling their potential? And so this is a cost-benefit analysis, an educational return on investment analysis comparing football programs versus music programs in our junior highs and high schools. Yeah, you know, Joe, I couldn't agree more about the real value that athletics and certainly music has in a broader education, especially in a more diverse career track that most people are on now. And this is something I didn't understand when I was a student, didn't appreciate those things when I was a student. But now that I'm older, more mature adult, I, I get how, and I see how my career has unfolded, I, how valuable these, these different kinds of experiences what kind of impact they have. John, you mentioned a second ago one of the problems that we have with this whole conversation is these tight budgets. And it does seem to me that music is losing out to football and, and athletics as a whole in that budget fight in the terms of prioritizing. Talk us through why music education should not be eliminated from schools. It's got such a critical role to play if people only understood its value. Well, there's a lot of things. I think the main one of the priorities of this book is to try to make the case that we have made decisions on funding and educational priorities in a lot of ways simply because we've always done it that way. Let me give you an example about how things are changing. People don't understand that the reason why football was incorporated into the fabric of our educational institutions, and this was about you know the late 1800s, early 1900s, it wasn't driven by any real educational force, but it was rather driven by the great industrialists of the time, Andrew Carnegie and J.P. Morgan and those folks, because they believed that football was a way to socialize a largely immigrant workforce to be productive workers in industrial economy, in other words, factory workers. So they believed, and probably rightfully so at the time, that the characteristics that football instilled in participants Discipline, teamwork, being able to take orders. In other words, there wasn't a lot of room for lofty thinking on an assembly line. But the fact of the matter is, we no longer live in an industrial economy. We live in a global, information-based, interrelated, creative economy. And therefore, you have to ask the question, you know, is football still a viable tool to instill these worker traits for the jobs and economic environment of the future. At the same time, you know, you're looking at music. And the reason why we started, for example, Music for Everyone is because, you know, we saw that all of these, you know, typically when push comes to shove, it's athletics versus the arts that, you know, is on the chopping block. And typically it's the arts who have been you know, reduced or eliminated while football remains untouched. This at the same time that the research and data about music's impact as an educational tool, its effectiveness as an educational tool and instilling the exact characteristics that would apply to the economy and world community of the future are rising. I mean, you know, music is math, music is reading, music is language. So, again, when we make these decisions, and again, this is about educational funding and community priorities, 
when we make these decisions, we have to make them against the backdrop of the larger cultural, economic, societal trends that are out there. We just can't continue to make decisions and fund things simply because we always have. Every dollar counts. And so we have to really be diligent and strategic in how we allocate these dollars. John, one of the points you make in your book, and it never dawned on me till I read it, was that participation in music, first of all, can be done by both sexes. And second of all, in football, for other than the exceptional athlete in high school, where music education and learning of music can benefit somebody for a lifetime. Talk maybe how you came up with these ideas or these insights and what they mean in terms of the funding and how people should be thinking about their funding going forward. Right. Well, I always start with this. I have been on a five-person basketball team where everyone is working towards the same goal, you know, winning a game. And that takes discipline, teamwork, communication skills, personal responsibility, on and on and on, right? And for some reason, we have come to believe that athletics, and particularly football, is uniquely qualified in providing those types of skills, okay? It's sort of a narrative that we've accepted for all these years. But the fact of the matter is I've also been in a five-person band, and it's five people working together to achieve the same sound, and the exact same characteristics are instilled, discipline, teamwork, communication skills, personal responsibility, all the very same characteristics. Now, the ability for football to teach these things has been the primary justification for it being incorporated, this tremendous investment in this activity. Well, you know what? Music does the same thing. But in addition, there's all kinds of research about music's ability you know, to, to improve language skills, to improve math skills, to improve reading skills, and creativity, and things like that. But there are other things as well. One of the basic responsibilities of our educational system is to develop in students a love of and appreciation for lifelong learning. Well, the fact of the matter is, you know, for 99.9% of the kids out there playing football, their last high school game will be the last time they'll ever play football. Whereas music is something that you can do for the rest of your life. You can continue to participate, continue to learn the lessons. I still, when I'm playing in my band, am learning lessons through playing music. The issue of, you know, half of the student population can't even play football. You know, there's not for girls. And music is something that, you know, everyone can participate in. So there are a lot of advantages. And really, when you stack them up, you know, against each other, it's very, very clear that from a return on educational dollars spent, music yields a much better return. All right. John Gertie will return after this break. We'll be right back. Salutations, I'm Bill Ramsey of the Intrepid Now Network, and I need your help. As you're aware, the Intrepid Photography Show is still in its infancy. I'm asking you to help me parent this new baby. Like any proud new parent, I envision the days when this infant grows into an admired, respected member of the online society. So, how do we raise this new baby into a valedictorian? Take eight minutes to do four things. Number one. Subscribe to the show on our site or on iTunes. Quite frankly, it's much easier to secure guests for a show that boasts a larger audience. The fact that we've secured some rock star guests for our first shows, that's just a testament to their generosity. Number two, make your mama proud. She taught you to share, now do it. Post in your online forums, on your blog, Twitter, on your Facebook timeline. But the number one best way you can share, specifically tell two people 
about the show. Number three, thank our guests. Tweet or email your gratitude. And finally, number four, would you be a little more bossy? This show spotlights the who and what in the world of photography. What do you want to learn? Who do you want to learn it from? Tell us in the comment section below this post. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, and we're back with John Gertie, founder and executive director of Music for Everyone. John, you know, you said something about creativity right before the break, and I want to go there next. You know, I certainly appreciate the teamwork skills that football can help develop. There's a lot of value in that. But I've long held this belief that we are all creatives. We are all artists. Now, there is very easily understood art and music and poetry and sculpting and painting, but I think the work you do as a business person in terms of solving problems for your customers is art in and of its as well. And someone who is solving those problems is a creative. And it strikes me that music education is a great training ground for that mindset. And what I think is the future of the workplace and that we're all going to be creatives in doing project-based work. We're not going to be slotted into some factory model as I didn't even realize that football does a very good job of assimilating people into that mindset. I, I never really thought of it that way. So talk about how important music education is, in essence, training future entrepreneurs. Sure. You know, when you boil it all down in terms of the value of music and why investing in music education is so important, it really comes down to this. Every single issue we face, whether it's as a local community, as a region, a state, a nation, a global community, whether that issue relates to the environment, whether it relates to healthcare, whether it relates to geopolitics, whatever those issues are, in this increasingly fast-paced, interconnected, global, interrelated economy and world community is becoming increasingly complex. Everything is moving faster. Everything's become increasingly complex, more moving parts, okay? And in order to effectively address those increasingly complex issues and challenges, we have to develop in our populace a corresponding increase in creativity, in thinking at a higher level, in thinking out of the box, okay? And the most effective tool in our educational and community arsenal to teach creativity, thinking out of the box, is music. Yet when, you know, budget time comes, it's, you know, that's usually the first thing to be cut. So, yeah, in terms of the future workforce, the future workforce, again, not an industrial economy. It's going to be a collaborative, creative economy, and it's going to be more about putting teams together and being creative and communicating and as opposed to, you know, standing in an industrial factory line. So, yeah, creativity is the currency of the future, and music is our most effective tool in, in teaching those skills. Perfect. John, several times in your book, you mentioned how sports and mostly football have come to a culture where it's a kind of win-at-all-cost culture. And I found that you were careful not to really bash football, but more to try and start a dialogue to say, there's other things we need to do with our funding academically in balance with football. I'm sure you have more to say on that and can say it more articulately than me. So Maybe I can ask the question, did you mean to bash football or what is your intention in the book? No, no, no. It's not to bash football at all. It's simply just to get people to think about the way we are spending our increasingly scarce educational dollars. 
this is what's happened to him. First of all, again, I'm the son of a high school football coach. You know, I devoted my many, many years to athletic administration and athletics within our educational system. I believe very strongly and still do believe very strongly in football or any athletics to as a net positive educational tool. But the issue is this. It's simply a tool. You know, football or music, for that matter, in and of itself is not intrinsically positive. It's the environment within which it occurs that influences whether it's a positive or a negative influence educationally. So my point is that, you know, football and any other sports can, in fact, be good educational tools. But what's happened is over the years, it's become more and more about winning, getting to the next level. It's about dollars. And it's no longer about the process, meaning education. It's become more about the end result. And I believe that as the pressure and emphasis to win, generate dollars and things like that has risen, football's ability and potential as an educational tool has declined correspondingly. In other words, it's less about, it's more about the end result than it is about the process. And that's problematic when the primary justification for including football in the educational system is that, quote-unquote, it's about education. The fact of the matter is it's become more about winning than about education. And being that it's sponsored by an educational institution, that's problematic. But here's the thing. I'm not saying football should be eliminated from a culture, but what I do believe is that people aren't aware that we are the only country on the planet where the responsibility for developing elite athletes and teams rests with the educational institutions. In Europe, for example, if you are identified as being very talented in sports, you pursue that excellence through a club system out external to the educational institution. And the role of sport in the educational institutions is to provide broad-based participation opportunities in activities that can be practiced for a lifetime for reasons of public health. And that's something really we need to consider in this one of the most obese nations on the planet. And then when you really want to bring it full circle as an educational institution, should our role be to sponsor activities that scramble kids' brains or strengthen kids' brains? So the whole issue that's bringing a lot of this to bear is the whole issue of concussions. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. As we record this, John, we've just learned the news of the tragic death of that Ohio State football player, and there's some speculation that may have been the result of a series of concussions that he had. We'll see what comes of that. But you're starting to see, I'm starting to see more and more people say that they would not let their children play football. Like the President of the United States, for instance, has said if he had had a son, he would now not let him play football. Again, this question isn't coming from the context of bashing football, but it's a reality that this is a growing problem and parents are beginning to have anxieties on it. Is this a turning point in this debate? I mean, I don't want to say it as an opportunity, but is this a place marked in time where maybe the issue of football versus music changes course? I believe it is, to be honest with you. You know, again, the idea is that, you know, our economy, our society is dynamic. It's changing constantly. And therefore, as community leaders, as education leaders, as parents, we have to be aware of those changing dynamics. And we simply can't continue to fund activities with increasingly precious and scarce educational dollars 
on activities simply because we always have or simply based on anecdotal evidence. One of the things I do in this book is I certainly address anecdotal evidence and stories. And for example, you know, football is great for me. It's going to be great for my kids. But that's not enough. Okay. There's also, we got to make decisions based that are data driven. We got to look at the research. And the fact of the matter is when you, you know, break it all down, not only does music do the things that football can do, Teamwork skills, communication skills, can bring a community together, provide some entertainment, those sorts of things. But in addition, there's all of this other data about education, brain function, about, you know, reading skills, math skills, communication skills. Let me give you one quick example about why music is new. Music is a universal language, okay? Whereas football is uniquely American. One of the things that's changed in education these days, think about when we went to school. The idea of international educational opportunities, whether it's tours or exchange programs or whatever, they really weren't on the radar screen because we really hadn't, didn't live in a real global community then. Now schools are expected to provide international learning opportunities, okay? The opportunity for music, because it is a universal language as a platform for international learning opportunities and educational programs is limitless, whereas football is uniquely American. And, you know, that's another big difference. Another thing that's going on in education reform these days is this idea of integrated learning. In other words, you're not just studying math, but you're trying to integrate it with culture and geography and history. Music to, to provide a broader understanding of concepts and subjects. Well, again, music as a universal language is a unique tool and much more effective than football, which again is uniquely American, much more effective in weaving threads through different disciplines. In other words, when you're studying the civil rights movement, for example, it's much more effective and you learn much more if you can incorporate music, some of the songs of the civil rights era. So that's another way that music is the return on educational dollar invested in music is a better return with football. What and, are some and other things in your role as executive director as Music for Everyone that you've learned about music education that every school or school district should know? Well, the main thing, again, getting back to really the point of this book is that it's really, it's directed at parents, it's directed at educational leaders, it's directed at community leaders. And really what this is about is that in order to successfully meet, you know, the challenges of changing economy, the challenges of providing our children an opportunity, you know, to succeed in that economy driven by technology, creativity, collaboration, and innovation, the purpose is to, if we're going to successfully meet these challenges, Parents and educational policymakers and community leaders must be fully informed to enable them to approach these difficult decisions with a more thorough understanding of the issues and impacts that these activities have on educational and community outcomes. In other words, we have got to be more strategic, innovative, effective, and efficient in evaluating how we spend these educational dollars, and we simply can't continue to appropriate dollars in a way we always have just because we always have. It's just like any business. You have to continually evaluate each component of your business to see how effective it is in contributing to the overall mission of the business or the organization. Through this book, all I'm trying to do is get people to really take a hard look at, an honest look at, you know, how we spend our dollars. And, you know, so I try to be thoughtful and thorough and, and give a clear comparative analysis of the educational value of football versus music and providing, you know, our children an education worthy of the 21st century. That's awesome. Well, I hate to say it, John, but we're about out of time. 
Before I let you go, where can people contact you and learn more about your book, Baller Bands, and Music for Everyone? Yes, you can go to my website, which is johngerty.com. You can go to musicforeveryone.net, or you can purchase the book at through Amazon or Barnes & Noble and Archway Publishing. So yeah, probably the first stop would be johngerty.com, and you can probably find out more about who this crazy guy up here is talking about football versus music. But yeah, that would be a start. All right, John Gertie, founder and executive director of Music for Everyone. It's great to have you, John. Thanks for stopping great by. Great to be here. Thanks so much. All right, that wraps our broadcast. On behalf of our guest, John Gertie, my co-host, Todd Snick, I'm Joe Lavelle. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Lifestyle.